Becoming a member at Navy Federal Credit Union could help you to earn more and save more. Their certificate options could earn you more than standard savings accounts with competitive rates. Not all financial institutions offer you as many choices for savings options as Navy Federal does. For example, you can start your savings journey with a low minimum deposit, add money at any time, and watch your savings grow. Thanks to flexible terms, you can use Navy Federal savings options for all kinds of goals, short or long term. Navy Federal also offers equity loan options to help you get the funds you need to consolidate high-interest debt, work on home improvements, or cover any of life's big expenses. To learn more, visit NavyFederal.org. At Navy Federal, their members are the mission. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, equal housing lender, membership required. Terms and conditions apply, loan subject to approval. In recent weeks, we've really focused on some ways that listeners can boost their income. Uh, so whether that's through starting your own side business and growing your network like Hala talked about, or when we talked with local realtor Alan about diving into investing in real estate, well, what better way to test the waters? While you are away, your home could also earn extra income. That's right. Your empty space could be an Airbnb while you're traveling, because that's all you need to become an Airbnb host. It's a lot easier than you think, and you don't need to Airbnb your entire house. You could just host your extra spare room. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. What's up? This is your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Supercharge your work decks with AI-powered Canva presentations. All you do is start with a prompt. You describe your, your presentation in a few words, and Canva presentations will generate captivating slides that you can then customize in seconds. Canva presentations are designed for every workplace and every department. Whether you work in sales, marketing, HR, ops, and more, Canva presentations can generate any deck you want for work. Sales decks, marketing presentations, onboarding plans, you name it. Any department can save time on any presentation with AI. Generate slides and seconds with Canva presentations at canva.com. Designed for work. Welcome to How to Money. I'm Joel. And I am Matt. And today we're discussing lending money to a friend and the soaring costs of streaming. Yeah, Joel, this is a Friday episode, and I'm excited to cover a number of different articles, a number of different headlines that we've come across this week. And real quick, though, I saw that traffic, it's been back. You know, uh, one of the results of COVID has been reduced traffic out on the roads. We've been able to most immediately notice that because we've been able to basically own the streets with our bikes, right? We can, I go running down the middle of the street when I go for runs now because there's hardly any cars. <laughs> uh, but a couple of weeks ago, we started to see an uptick in traffic, but we're really starting to see that even change change again. Yeah, I remember seeing like maybe a month ago that traffic was back to 90% of its levels and I could confirm 
confirm that <laughs> based on driving around town uh, on occasion that that it was back in, in a major way. But then Apple Maps just reported another slowdown in traffic activity as COVID cases are turning back upwards in many states and lockdown measures are being reinstituted in some parts of the country. So it's, it's going to be interesting to see kind of what happens with traffic. Traffic almost seems like an indicator of, of what's happening health-wise around the country. And as things get better in regards to COVID cases and having you know fewer of them, then traffic seems to be trending upwards. And then, you know, as things are getting worse, traffic seems to be trending downwards again. That was, I got to say, one of the major silver linings uh, <laughs> of COVID was just having less traffic uh, around in Atlanta, because that's obviously just one of the worst parts about living in the city. Yeah, sure. And one of the interesting things, too, is to see whether or not the amount of traffic returns at a higher rate uh, than which it was before, right? So a lot of other countries like in Europe and Asia, they're actually seeing the amount of traffic at higher levels because a lot of folks are driving themselves in order to socially distance a little bit, mm. right? Uh, less so, carpooling. Exactly. Less carpooling and just less use of mass transit. And so I think it'll be interesting to see whether or not we see that here in the States because just on average, Americans don't use mass transit all that often, right? Trains and subways, like some cities have them, but not many cities do. And so, you know, when it does come to heading back to work, folks are just getting back in their cars, unfortunately, right? We're not using mass transit, which we were. But I think that's going to be one difference maybe from the U.S. versus some of the other countries in the world. Yeah, no, I think you're probably right. But all right, let's get on to our Friday flight for today, Matt. A sampling of stories that we found interesting this week that pertain to everybody's wallet, their money. And first up, students who lost summer jobs uh, this year, who had something lined up, but then were told, you know what, hey, this job doesn't exist this summer anymore. Well, they might be eligible for federal aid right now. And I think most students assume that they aren't eligible to file for unemployment with that increased $600 federal PUA. Uh, But because of the CARES Act, they are. The Department of Labor specifically stated actually that people may qualify if their workplace closed because of the pandemic or if they were scheduled to start work but can't as a direct result of the virus, right? And from everything I've read, Matt, it seems like Minnesota is the only state out there trying to bar students from getting this additional money, uh, but it's the only state that seems to be doing so. So if you're a student, you're supposed to be uh, a lifeguard or you're supposed to do any of a number of jobs this summer and you found out, hey, the pool's closed, uh, the place of business that you're working at didn't need you anymore, but you had a job offer in hand, well, you should be applying also with your state unemployment office in order to get some of that money. Yeah, we'll have a link in our show notes where you can easily find your specific state's website. Um, and, and, and remember, too, that only a few states are just making this widely known. So even when you go to your state's website, they may not necessarily be advertising the fact that this benefit is available to students and to teenagers, uh, but apply regardless. Um, Joel, something else we wanted to mention is that it is now known that $1.4 billion in aid was sent to dead people by the Treasury. Which, you know, this sounds crazy, but that's honestly just a really small amount of the $270 billion overall that was sent to Americans as part of the stimulus payments. You know, it sucks that the IRS didn't check death records that is maintained by the Social Security Administration before sending out these checks because they maintain those records. But we also know that time was of the essence, right? And so if you or someone you know was sent an economic impact payment intended for a deceased family member... We'll make sure to include some instructions in our show notes as well for how to return that money. 
But really, just kind of a classic case of miscommunication, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just uh, government trying to do something that's super huge on a really truncated timetable. It makes sense that errors were made. Uh, I don't necessarily fault them <laughs> for doing something like that, but I'm glad they made it clear for, for how people can send that money back because there have been a lot of questions about that. Uh, people that were uncomfortable essentially receiving money that was intended for uh, a spouse that was deceased or a family member that had passed away. And they were like, why did I get this extra money? Oh, it was for them. Well, that doesn't make sense. And so there's a way to return it, which is great. Uh, Matt, let's talk about family members and lending money to family members, because that's been kind of uh, an increased question, something that people have asked a lot more about since the pandemic started. And lending money to a friend or family member, it's become common these days. And 16% of those who had been laid off, they reported uh, receiving more financial support from family or friends than they had before February 1st. And I've personally anecdotally heard of more people asking their friends and family for money because of COVID. And it's a effects on their personal finances. Some people even starting GoFundMes, right, to try to, to raise support because some of those government programs, in particular unemployment, they've just taken a lot longer to get into people's accounts than they were supposed to. And so, yeah, we would suggest if you need help, for one, turn to a, a potential local religious organization or your church, uh, and then also to, to family or members or close friends. That can make sense if you're in a pinch. But Matt, it's so true that the latter, asking for money from somebody that you love or somebody close to you, can actually have a lot of other unintended consequences too and and some of those can really impair the relationship yeah you know if you are asked for money you know from a friend or a family member i think the most important thing to do is to decide that you're you're going to give them a gift right you're giving them a gift you're not necessarily giving them a loan if you aren't willing to gift them that money then it you know it might be better to not offer any monetary assistance at all uh, and then, you know, if they decide to repay that gift, then it's just gravy. But actually making loans to family and friends, uh, you know, that have financial consequences attached to those, there's almost never work out well. And so uh, you could easily lose a friendship or, or damage a relationship that even beyond repair. But, you know, if you do decide to give money once that you're going to gift, you know, keep in mind that there is, you know, possibly a bigger chance of a future ask from that person as well. So, you know, in the process of giving them that money, make sure that you've set some boundaries, maybe uh, make sure you've set some parameters as well in order to set some expectations uh, as far as what kind of help that person can expect from you in the future as well. Yeah, that's a good point, Matt. And even though you should be wary of lending money to friends or family that you aren't willing to just give them, there are other ways you can help, right? Maybe they can stay with you in your house. Uh, maybe you've got a spare bedroom that they can that they can hang out in. And you can also make them aware of federal and local benefits that they might be eligible for. For example, if they need help paying their mortgage and that's why they're asking you for money or paying the credit card company right now, well, help them think through getting their payments deferred on both accounts. Matt, I haven't had people asking me specifically for money. But just in conversations, I've talked to friends who are struggling financially, and oftentimes they don't realize the resources that are available to them, that they can have their payments on their mortgage deferred, or the same thing with their with their credit card payments. And that's a huge help to them in that struggle. And taking that route instead probably means that they don't have to ask their family member or, or a friend for a loan, which can be an uncomfortable thing to do in a relationship. And then also, too, if, if that person needs maybe financial counseling, talk to them about the benefits of not-for-profit companies that will provide free assistance. So there are all these ways in which you can help a, a family member or a friend by either A, giving them money and setting those boundaries, uh, but not making it alone because that makes it just a really uncomfortable situation. But then also kind of helping direct them uh, in the area of resources that they might really actually need and not be aware of. 
Yeah, folks never ask me for a loan because I charge 200%. <laughs> just like a title loan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? I can see you doing that. No, just kidding. I mean, we have gifted money to others before. We've never been asked, but we've kind of proactively given before. And we definitely made clear that you know there weren't any strings attached. That money was not expected to be paid back. And something else too, a lot of times when we're giving money, we're not actually giving like cold hard cash, right? <laughs> uh, typically, a digital payment will do just fine. And so we'll talk about the decline uh, in use of physical currency and the the current nationwide coin shortage. We'll talk about that right after the break. probably think it's too soon to join AARP, right? Well, let's take a minute to talk about it. Where do you see yourself in 15 years? More specifically, your career, your health, your social life. What are you doing now to help you to get there? Well, there are tons of ways for you to start preparing today for your future with AARP. What about that dream job you've dreamt about? Sign up for AARP reskilling courses to help make it a reality. How about that active lifestyle you've only spoken about from the couch? AARP has health tips and wellness tools to keep you moving for years to come. But none of these experiences are without making friends along the way. Connect with your community through AARP volunteer events. So it's safe to say it's never too soon to join AARP. They're here to help your money, your health and happiness live as long as you do. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at aarp.org slash wisefriend. I'm guessing that a lot of listeners are starting to solidify their summer travel plans. We always like to get the families together, Matt, for a week yeah, at the we beach do. every single summer. We've already got that trip to St. Simons on the calendar. Pump for that. But sometimes those vacations get expensive. So what better way to offset some of those costs than to have your home earning some money while you're away? That's right. Why let it sit empty when it could be earning extra income? It's the financially smart thing to do. So think it through. Maybe you've got some extra space in your home, or maybe you have an entire house to host. Or maybe you're just going on vacation and your home is sitting empty. In every case, you can Airbnb it. You already have the space, so it won't be a huge adjustment. I mean, the way I see it, if you're not using your space, you have two options. You can let it just sit there empty, or you do some optimizing and make some money off it. Really, if you think about it, you already have an Airbnb. You just need to start using it. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. And now a word from the show's sponsors at Betterment. Do you want your money to dream big? Do you want your money to be a total self-starter? Are you annoyed that your money doesn't work hard enough? Don't worry. Betterment is here to help. Betterment is the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Their automated technology is built to help maximize returns, meaning when you invest with Betterment, your money can auto-adjust as you get closer to your goal. Rebalance if your portfolio gets too far out of line and your dividends are automatically reinvested. That can increase the potential for compound returns. In other words, your money is breaking a sweat while you can be breaking bread. You'll never picture your money the same way again. Betterment, the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Visit Betterment.com to get started. Investing involves risk. Performance is not guaranteed. Let's say you've been listening to the podcast and now you're finally ready to start implementing some of the uh, the financial morsels that we're dishing up. Maybe you are trying to save up some more money for a down payment on a house, or maybe there's a big vacation that you have been dying to take. Well, the money app Monarch, they make it so easy to help you to reach your financial goals. That's why the Wall Street Journal, they named it the best app for growing your savings. Monarch is the top rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals, collaborate with your partner even. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney. 
and you won't get spammed either. Monarch features ad-free privacy you can trust. They will never sell your data to third parties or show you ads. That's right, man. And after trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. It just makes sense. It works. And right now, listeners of this show will get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash howtomoney for your extended 30-day free trial. Go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney for an extended 30-day free trial. All right, we're back. We're doing the Friday flight, Matt. We're talking about a lot of different stories. That kind it's the of second half. The second half of it <laughs> that caught our eye this week. And one of them was kind of the fact that people are using cash a whole lot less. And there's a coin shortage, too. We'll get to that in one second. But people are, of course, using cash less right now. Uh, part of that is because they're opting for delivery instead of specifically going out somewhere. And oftentimes, that payment is taken uh, digitally through a credit card uh, or an app. So that raises the question, should we even use physical cash and coins? There are lots of arguments made for at, at least getting rid of the penny when it costs two cents to make a penny and, so seven, cents, yeah, and seven cents to make <laughs> a nickel, right? So I think I'd probably be okay Dis- discontinuing production on those coins, right? Especially as they're way less valuable in modern commerce. But what about cash? How should we think about that as so many more people are going digital with purchases and actual physical cash just makes a whole lot less sense to carry around these days? Yeah, I mean, for us at this point in our lives, the only time that we're using coins at all pretty much is just to teach the kids about money. When it comes to earning money from from doing different jobs around the house, things like that, pennies are actually pretty handy <laughs> when, when it comes to counting that out. And for them to understand when you get five together, that's a nickel and two nickels equals a dime and so on. But uh, but yeah, otherwise, man, I, I mean, I rarely use actual physical cash. We keep a little bit on hand in the rare instance that we need some for, you know, to pay somebody who's like, like a neighborhood kid, but like more and more of those kids are using Cash App. So. Yeah. Or they're demanding more money. <laughs> they're like, sorry, uh, Mr. Mr. Matt, that's 75 cents. Just isn't going to do it. I charge a dollar now. <laughs> and it's funny too, actually, because of the coin shortage that, that we've experienced, part of the reason that it's happened is, is coin deposits are, are slowing down and the U.S. Mint is producing fewer coins right now in an attempt to keep workers safe. So the, who knows how long the shortage is going to last. I don't think it's going to last a long time. But for right now, a lot of businesses are having a hard time getting the coins they need to give people you know, proper change uh, when they make a purchase. But it's uh, it's another one of those kind of quirky, unintended consequences of COVID that's leading to an increase in digital payments. It's essentially accelerating that revolution uh, towards people paying digitally almost constantly. So yeah, if you're one of those people that, that has like a lot of coins in a jar, you might want to go down to one of your local businesses and see if they could, could use some coins because uh, a lot of stores have had to figure out ways around uh, having no pennies or no nickels or something like that. And they have kind of had to round up or round down prices in order to kind of accommodate the customers who are buying stuff. Yeah. And when it comes to the public using less cash in general, you know, in the beginning of the pandemic, uh, a lot of folks were reluctant to use cash because they thought, you know, they, they weren't too sure how much of the transmission of the virus was happening via frequently touched objects. Now we know that that appears to be a pretty minor concern at this point. But because of that, ATM use is down 32%. And 63% of consumers say they are using less cash in general. Dude, it was only even a couple years ago that Aldi started accepting credit cards. You know, Aldi, my beloved grocery store. Oh, I know you love them. That actually helped out a huge when it came to cash back. Uh, yes. Being able to, to put <laughs> all of that money on our credit card instead of on a debit card, which is the only place that we're using a debit card, was Aldi. Man, I feel so good about being able to 
channel that $500 a month onto a credit card. Yeah, I think the main reason that Aldi wasn't accepting credit cards was because of the fees that they're charged by Visa and MasterCard, right? But my assumption is the reason that they ended up actually starting to take credit cards. Because they're losing out. Because I'm sure there were a lot of people uh, that put their food on the conveyor belt and started to <laughs> check out and then realized, oh, I'm sorry, I don't have cash on me or a debit card. Oh, and I don't have a check. Sorry. <laughs> exactly. I've never had a check. Exactly. And so they were like, well... We're losing out in that way too. <laughs> exactly. Just, because so much of the way payments happen now are digital. You know, they're they're credit card based or or app based. Sure. It's a business decision. Or watch based, I guess, too, right? <laughs> I, I haven't done that yet. I haven't gone that far yet either. I am sure I will at some point, but I'm definitely resisting for now. Um but man, you know, like you mentioned, like in many areas of our life, COVID, it does seem to be accelerating this, you know, digital pay revolution as more and more folks are going with digital payments. And, you know, that's great for some folks, but retailers do pay higher fees on credit card transactions. And also, too, there are unbanked individuals in our nation, you know, who typically pay with cash and they're going to have a harder time getting their hands on that cash as our society kind of moves in the direction of digital payments. Yeah, that's why actually some cities have made it illegal for uh, for businesses to go uh, digital payment only. Uh, I think Philadelphia is one of them, basically mm-hmm. forcing businesses to accept cash. And, and in particular, it's for people that, that are unbanked. But it'll be interesting to see kind of what happens with digital payments because obviously they become more important even more important right now but matt let's get on to streaming tv costs that was one of the other big things that caught our eye this week live digital tv streaming was initially great uh, as these services kind of started to proliferate a few years ago and it lowered the cost in a meaningful way from cable so at first it was like netflix it wasn't live tv right it was just prepackaged stuff and it was super cheap to stream that stuff but people maybe had netflix and cable because they didn't want to lose out on live tv but now services like sling youtube tv they gave people this awesome alternative from getting a traditional cable package and plus the additional dvr options and the ability to watch anywhere on any device right those things were fantastic and they made it even more likely that people would switch and a lot of people did i think i think in the last five years like 16 million people have cut out cable from their lives altogether a ton of people yeah so uh, but now live streaming tv has quickly gotten a whole lot more expensive than it was it's no longer like this slam dunk choice over getting a traditional cable tv package or a satellite tv package right so although the traditional cable bill is over a hundred dollars a month you might still be able to get a deal. They'll get you a reduced rate for a limited time, typically a year, that would beat like the YouTube TV price. And Matt, the whole reason we're bringing this up is because YouTube TV just raised their rates in a big way, right? Yeah, YouTube, you know, they've got the most popular live TV streaming service, it seems, right now. They have had multiple price hikes uh, in the past couple of years, and the most recent price hike was $15 a month. Man, they bumped it from 50 bucks to 65 bucks. And, you know, let's be honest, this is not a great time to do this considering that we're in a pandemic. Either way, though, that's a big enough jump to cause anyone to consider their subscription. You know, sure, YouTube TV, like they did add a few extra channels. But most subscribers would have probably preferred the smaller price tag over increased options. So, you know, if you are a subscriber to any of these services, it's always important to ask if you're getting solid value for what it is that you're paying. And maybe you are, you know, but if you're not, consider other options like choosing a service that will offer you a smaller package for less money. Sling, they have two different $30 packages that they offer. And if one of those works for how you watch TV, you'll save a good bit of money. You know, maybe you realize that you rarely watch live TV or that you mostly only watch local channels. Well, you know what? You can also get those via a digital antenna or even for free or cheap via a site like lowcast.org. 
Yeah, there's so many options now for people when it comes to how they want to view television. And yeah, as the live TV streaming services, as the, the price continues to ramp up, and it seems like it's ramping up quickly <laughs> over the past year or two, then I think it's really important for people to know what their options are, right? Like Matt, I've got Amazon Prime and the video that accompanies that will occasionally give us something good to watch. I'm going to say that there's not a whole lot of good stuff on there. Obviously, that's not live TV, but I've heard rumors right. that Amazon is considering that, so we'll see what happens there. Of course they are. Yeah, because <laughs> they want to take over the world. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and the kids, man, they mostly dig Disney+. And Emily and I, we've gotten back on the Netflix train as well. Oh, nice. Yeah. And like, speaking of prices, it makes me think back to when Netflix was like, was it five bucks a month when they first came out where you were literally receiving discs in the mail? Yeah. And I remember when they- super cheap. Yeah. I remember when they went from that model to the streaming only or maybe the streaming as an option and it was like $9 or 11 or something like that. And I remember thinking, oh my gosh, they're, they're going to double their price? That's so much money. But honestly, that's nothing compared to what some of these companies are charging now. Yeah. I, I think the biggest game changer and kind of what a lot of people hoped would happen in, in the live TV streaming revolution was a little bit more choice. And we just haven't seen that happen. And so I think the biggest game changer is going to be if one of these streaming services or maybe a new one that hasn't even launched yet can get to the point of offering something like a la carte individual channel selections, that would make a lot of people happy, right? If you can pick your right. five favorite channels, because that's the biggest problem is you're paying $65 a month for uh, 80 channels or 90 channels and you watch four or five of them. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's that was the original problem with cable TV right. is that you're paying for 200 channels or 300 channels and really you only watch five. Right. Uh, unfortunately, we're starting to see these new 2.0 TV companies doing the same thing. And unfortunately, I think that's something that comes with them having more power and what is it? Market share, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see if anybody comes along and kind of offers a service like that. I have a feeling it'd be incredibly popular. Uh, the question is whether it's possible <laughs> to actually create something like that and make it work. And if not, that's something that maybe you should start, buddy. Oh, yeah. That's <laughs> that's totally what I want to do. New little side business. Side <laughs> hustle. And, you know, when it comes to traditional cable services, I don't see how they're going to be able to hang on at all. You know, like live sports is really the only reason for folks to keep those costly subscriptions going. And again, you can get a lot of that via Sling, uh, the Orange Channel. Like that's where it's at for sports, typically. And speaking of man, Atlanta United tomorrow, Saturday is going to be the first Atlanta United match down there in Orlando for the uh, MLS's back tournament. You going to be watching it? Uh, yeah. yeah, I can't wait. <laughs> do I have anything else on my calendar? <laughs> anything else to do? No. It's like the only sports, except for like the first two matches at the beginning of the season. I can't wait, even though I'm sure it's not going to be that great. But I can't wait to see it. Still, I'm probably still going to cry tears of joy just because the sports are back, just man. To, just to see it. We need something to kind of bring us together. We're not really seeing that in lots of other arenas uh, in our country today. I even feel that we didn't feel much of that during the Fourth of July because a lot of the, the parades and the fireworks shows, like a lot of the different things that bring us together were canceled, right? Like every year I typically run the Peachtree where you get together with like 40,000 people that run this 10K. Didn't get to do that this year. So I'm excited to unite with my fellow Atlanta United fans, even though there'll be nobody in the stands and it'll be really weird, but I'm still looking forward to it, buddy. Yeah, we need something and this yeah. is something. <laughs> so yeah, I agree. In a year that has not been full uh, of much brightness, uh, soccer is coming quickly <laughs> to, to give us something at least. But all right, man, that's going to do it for today's episode. For folks who want show notes or more information about the podcast in general, or to check out some of our older episodes, you can go to our website, howtomoney.com. 
And you know, man, while we're on the topic of soccer, I'm actually curious if any of our listeners follow other MLS teams. And so if you do, here's maybe a way that you can share. Head over to Instagram, give us a follow at How to Money Pod, and comment on this Friday's post with whatever team it is that you follow. You know, I think actually one listener did something a little nefarious recently and signed us up for Houston Dynamo emails. I, really? I, yeah, I randomly got one in the inbox. I unsubscribed <laughs> us quickly. I was like, well, what happened? I never signed up for this. I think it was a, a listener from Houston who oh, just that is so funny. pulling our leg or something. I didn't see that come through at all. It's a dirty tactic. Well, I appreciate you unsubscribing. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, man, that's going to be it for this episode, buddy. Until next time. Best friends out. Best friends out. Upswell Marketing would like to remind you that when customers choose your small business, they're really choosing you. So focus on super serving your existing customers and let Upswell handle the pipeline generation of new leads and customers. Upswell specializes in developing customized direct response campaigns and is now offering a no obligation free assessment of your current marketing strategies. Not to mention new customers also receive 15% off their first order when they mention that they heard about Upswell on this podcast. For more information, visit upswellmarketing.com. That's upswellmarketing.com. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bedatum. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.